What are your three? A Channel Three podcast where we take a member of the channel. Dan, 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 Dan we 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 can't do this. We can't. You gotta stop pretending here. Like, I can't. I can't have. I cannot have the guest of today's episode give the opening. <laughs> Welcome, crew, to What Are Your Three? A Channel Three podcast where we take a member of the Channel Three community. We discuss three games, a couple odds and ends, and a couple other games that are choosing, and we do it all right here. I am Ray. Leading the show tonight with my guest host, Darth Smeagol. So I'm going to start with Darth. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing great, Ray. Glad to be here. How are you? I'm doing well, Darth. How'd you end up here tonight? Let me, let's start there. Uh, well, it's with the new reward system. Uh, as soon as I saw that there was a reward where you could pick a podcast guest, I'm like, all right, I know what I'm spending my first tickets on. And here we are. The first... The first 20 tickets, was it 20 tickets? 25? 25. It's a 25 spot. I tried to hide it from like the, you know, my memory. I didn't, want to, I didn't even want to know it was there. But 25 tickets were redeemed. And so finally, 60, this is the 61st episode real recording. We have the Dan Tucker. The, the Dan Tucker. The Dan Tucker. The Dan Tucker. Head of events. Actually, head of content over on Channel 3. He does a million one things. All the Facebooks, all the Instagrams, all the background stuff, the millions of tags. Anytime there's a tag that says do this or win this and get a tag, that's all the Dan Tucker. Dan, how are you doing tonight? Grumble. Grumble, grumble, <laughs> grumble. I will I will say this much. You know what? Uh the we did the kid's birthday party with his friends today, and uh I was perfectly happy not to have to prepare a single thing for tonight. This is this is wonderful. Well, there you go. We found a way to make this all work out. So, yeah, things are besides the fact that, you know, Dan is now the guest and Darth is co-hosting tonight. We're going to we're going to keep this thing going just as always. I'm going to start uh, this list off. I'm going to say this. I could have put this entire list together for Dan. I wouldn't have even have to ask him. And I could have I could have done the list. Um, I'm, I'm going to get into uh, the order of this list a little bit later, but I could have put the list together. All but this first game. So the first game that we're starting off is Heavy Rain, which I'm going to say this is not a game that I think you and I have talked about. And we've talked about a whole bunch of the games. Controversial on the site, 3.7 stars. I think more popular um, in other places than here on Channel 3. But Dan, Dan how, why is this the number one game we are talking about tonight? So here's a, here's a little tip for you too. I kept I kept something behind my back. I palmed a knife throughout this thing to throw a curveball at you, just to just to test you two. And the thing that I did was I have a secret theme for my three that I did not tell you because I, I couldn't come in like I could come in and I could talk about like my honorable mentions are more my you know my my three goats if you will. Hey, you want to you want to stop taking away my 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 content? I was gonna I was gonna go over that whole thing when we got to honorable mentions. Oh, uh, uh, we'll get we'll get. <laughs> but uh, I'll tease. But I gotta tease. I gotta tease it out. <laughs> yeah. Why, why heavy rate? What's going on here, Dan? All right. So first of all, it earned every one of those three point seven stars, and that's probably an accurate three point seven stars. 
The reason this one is leading it off is because this is, a, I think, a chronological play for me. Uh, my theme is my wife is not a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> it all makes sense. And, yeah, and now you're following where I'm at. So my three are, uh, the three that I picked are around games that my wife insisted upon watching. And I could not play them unless she was watching, which started with Heavy Rain. I don't even remember how it was that she became aware of it. I think it was something that, like, you know, uh, I, my brother and his wife uh, got me for Christmas. I can't remember the time. It may not have been his wife then. I mean, they've been together forever. So, uh, I, like, I, I knew my brother's wife when she was 12. Like, she she uh, worked at the same place I, I did. Or, you know, she was the daughter of the, the guy who owned the place. So, you know, newer as a kid, but anyway, so time is time is an abstract construct, but whatever. Uh, I just say all this to say that I ended up getting this thing for Christmas, and my wife's like, well, what's that? It's a, you know, never judge a book by its cover, but always judge a video game by its cover, and sure enough that the uh, cover art of that game and the name really intrigued my wife. So, well, yeah, what's that here? And I explained to her, you know, you're, you're playing as multiple characters, and there's a murder mystery involved, and you know, you're kind of working your way through that. You don't really know what's going on here. And she's like, okay, you know, I, I think I want to check this out. I, you know, she saw the trailer for it. So anyway, so I got this game and fortunately this was, you know, like pre kids and everything like that. So there was time, at least more time than there is once you have kids. Uh, however, I still had to pace my gameplay for her, uh, that I, I, you know, I couldn't stay up late and just play a game like I would a, a fallout or something like that, where I just like, okay, I'm just going to give up a night of sleep and, and bang this game out. I had to actually sit and uh, play through the game with her, which it, it really was a pretty good game for it. It's, the game is basically 99% quick time events, a little bit of walking around and, and searching for clues. So it's a very cinematic game in that regard. Uh, it's, it was a pretty forgiving game uh, in so much as like you screw up and, yeah, you'll die, but I felt like it was pretty generous with how it was. But um, yeah, it was fun to play through with her. It was fun for her to watch and kind of fun for her to see how the game was going to play out. It was also fun as that was uh, there was some very, uh, very <laughs> graphic <laughs> illicit activity early, very early in the game, too. They don't they don't hesitate for a shower to get broken out in that game. Uh, like, oh, OK, this is yeah, this is how games normally go, honey. Like her, her involvement through the course of time with video games has been uh like her parents wouldn't let her have a Nintendo. They, she won a Nintendo somewhere and they sold it off. And then uh, I came around and, and you know, I, I won a Wii and uh, we, we we played some Wii and she enjoyed like the Wii and the activity games. And we still have the Wii, that same Wii upstairs. And she played Mario Kart and things like that. But uh, this was the first game where she really, you know, watched and, and sat and kind of participated in. This game came out. It's actually been released a couple times. When, when you got it, was it back on the PS3? Is yeah, it was. It was the, the, uh, the, it was the OG. One? Yeah, the OG PS3 release. So I think I, I think I have like maybe there was a PS4 update for it that like uh, was free on PlayStation Plus or something. So I still got it like on digital laying around. I've I've never picked it back up. There are there are several paths that the game can go through. Like there's branches and side activities and things like that. But the funny thing is, I've never been compelled to go back to it. Again, it earned its 3.7 stars. I, I, It was fun for what it was. It was compelling for what it was. I did not. There, There is a trophy for uh, keeping all the characters alive. I'll say I did not keep all the characters alive. I, I, you know, I can spoil a game that's the 
better part of two decades old and just say that. Like, yeah, can we can we enter spoiler country now? Am I allowed I, to do I'm that? pretty sure. Like you know, it's it's game was like 2013 or something like that. It was, I, it, was uh, it was before that. It had yeah, because that was that was PS4 t- country. It was that that thing so had to be two, like 09, two, 2010? 2010, 2010, yeah. So, uh, oh yes, my yes, PS3, PS4, and then Windows. So they definitely had a like the yeah. They, they the did PS4. the they did the four upgrade later, but anyway. So I just say all this to say so you're playing as the murderer the whole time. Like one of the four characters is the murderer. And yeah, listen, I, I whacked the guy at the end. Like he, he, I made it to the end of him. Like there's other times where you could see narratively where one of the four characters could die through the course of the game. And I, I kept them all, I legitimately kept them all alive. I didn't have to, you know, stop and reset or pause or anything like that. I, you know, I was, I was kind of going through and, and making it work, but I'm like, nah, he's, he's got to die. <laughs> so that was the only reason I I'm not even sure how because from what I remember you know it's like there's like a a fight at the top of a building I'm like one of these two characters has to die and it's not going to be the good one so see you homie you're you're you're, you're chucked yeah, but, I, yeah I I was going through the uh the gameplay because it's I don't I don't think I've even heard of this one so I was watching the gameplay of it and I was like this like it felt familiar and I didn't know why so I had to, I had to go look and you know, knowing you, so I got to go check the developers' of different games. I know you're all about the developers and kind of the background stuff. And I was like, this game feels like Life is Strange, but like almost uh. before. It. And I'm like, why does it feel like that? And it's because it's made by Quantic Dreams, which is another French game developing company. So apparently, France has this thing where they just love these narrative, kind of like odd, dark games. Because I was watching, I was like, this is Life is Strange. Man, Ray's like a, out here. Ray's out here weaving narratives and connecting dots, and like you're you're doing the uh, Pepe Silva corkboard back there. You got Fra- pins connected between stuff. Look at you go. Fran- France has a style of game they like, apparently. So two different studios doing you know similar products. So you didn't play this multiple times. This was like you played it once, no, and I, that was that was it. I, I thought I was going to take another mm-hmm. run at it. Like I said, I think I want to say it was like free on PlayStation Plus during the four generation. I'm like. Oh, let me let me put this on here, but like, you know, we're 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 all getting up there. You you less than some of us, but like, there's only so much time for games. Like, uh, unless I'm really compelled to go back in, I'm like I'm playing through Last of Us Two right now. Like, listen, they 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 did that game up. They gave it some some oomph uh, behind it, but uh, no, I was just never compelled. And, and the other reason you might know this game is the opening was was pretty heavily memed uh, overall. Where the game opens up and it's it, it does a really good job of uh, empathy or sympathy or something like that where you're you know you're playing a straight laced dad you're learning the mechanics of the quick time events like it's having you brush your teeth and having you kind of do all this stuff so you learn uh, yeah it was really cool use of the the motion controller uh, the the motion controls of the uh, the Bluetooth PlayStation three controller and stuff like that so you're side to side you're doing all this other stuff and then you know it leads to your kid getting uh getting hit by a car in front of the mall but you're running around the mall you're like jason jason in this like better than final fantasy 10 voice but not a whole lot better than it uh where like it's just this repeated jason there's a lot of good acting in it there's a lot of good voice acting in it but like that part of it was just terrible did you um did you feel like cause you said you 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 kind of knew how to keep people alive and stuff? Did you feel like it was easy 
um, to kind of predict what the correct or like you know the quote unquote correct choices would be as you're playing because you could make. No, I saw I've seen like the endings. And I was like, man, it it can be really bad. Oh, it can, it, it can be extreme. Like the game can end yeah, terribly. It's pretty terrible. Kid, yeah. Yeah. Your your other kid that didn't get killed by <laughs> get hit by a car because you couldn't take care of them in the mall uh, is kidnapped, which is the the precipitating incident of the game. You're playing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't remember what the is a woman reporter. I don't remember what for some reason yes. she's chasing it down. You're playing a private investigator who's the killer who's chasing it down. An FBI agent or some kind of Fed chasing it down. Who and is the dad. addicted to drugs? Yeah, yeah, the, of course. And the dad, who like, there's some dark stuff that happens to him through the course of the game. Where like, I remember one of the choices, like, okay, you want you want further clues to where your kids at? You got to shoot this guy in the head who's like perfectly innocent. I you know I, I like I chose not to do that. Like as much as I joke about you and the Avada Kedavras and things like that, like. I'm sure the head exploding animation would have been brilliant, but uh, it was not on my to-do list. I'm like, no, nah, I, I just, I can't do it. I bet you I could figure this out. Not separate, separate note for this. I'm like, I don't think it ever says officially the game is in Philadelphia. However, when you're trying to figure out the address, it's something, something Roosevelt Boulevard. I'm like, I'm like this is Philadelphia. This is, this is route one in Philadelphia. I, I know this handily. And, uh, so whatever it was, like I, I only had like seventy five percent of the final clue basically, and narrowed it down to like four locations. And I'm like, I based on I, I don't know how much effort they I someday I should probably look into how much effort they put into it. I'm like, if this is Philadelphia and this is the address, this is where the place is based on the map. So I I, I chalked it up to local knowledge if it's accurate that I, that I got the last clue and got to the right place. Have you played? So other narrative narrative games, and let me let me be clear because I, I, you've, you've played games with with stories and stuff. I'm talking about games kind of like this, more quick time, more it's story and choices and multiple endings, and not really. It's not the gameplay; it's the kind of the story and figuring out part more. No, I mean we'll we'll talk about another <clears throat> branching narrative game later on, but no, mm-hmm. not not like this. Like I've not done. I have Life is Strange downloaded. I have you know to your your point i have that downloaded i haven't even played like uh the company was also responsible for that uh, detroit become human game yes that's mm-hmm. supposed to be very very similar again another one that like I, I guess they eventually all just end up free on playstation plus like it's just it's sitting in the backlog but i feel no guilt because it was just like a free monthly game but I, I, w- one of the develop I, like I, I put full asterisk on this. Like I understand one of the developers of these two games particularly is a pretty garbage human. So sorry for that, but um, or at least garbage to work for or something like there's something not good about the guy as I understand it allegedly or whatever uh, legal context probably has to be put on this. But uh, but anyway, just say all this. Say like I never I never got into that. I never played that one. But I have no objection to it. It's just like I. I like other games where you're heavily involved in the action more. And this, again, this game yeah. had you involved with the action, but I, I just, uh, it was, a, it was a detour for me. Cause I liked the, I was intrigued by the format and Hey, it was fun. I like, I like myself a murder mystery. I'm, I'm the guy who, uh, either solves a murder mystery in a book or a movie really quickly, or I get annoyed because it's such a convoluted contrived plot that I'm like, this is not even, this was never really a thing. You made such a stupid decision to make this plot work that like I'm, I'm out, I'm done. What was your uh? And I'll I'll end with this. What what was your wife's uh kind of final take on the game? Oh, she, the whole you know the the list is back to her watching. Yeah, she she really enjoyed watching it. Um, 
again, not one I think was compelling. She'll she'll still talk about this. Say like, oh yeah, she, you know she she liked that game. She enjoyed watching a game. It was kind of fun there. And again, like I was partially annoyed. Like I I kind of had a feeling what was going on with the the detective character of like something's wrong with this guy. Something's not right. They're not showing you something here. He's always in the the wrong place at the wrong time. And so yeah, I mean, so I was kind of annoyed that they had you playing as it. I was more annoyed that I'm like, I, I could have probably, you know, not that I'm a, a platinum trophy hunter or anything like that, but I'm like, I'm never going to get this trophy keeping this. <laughs> like, I, I, that's probably why I never went back either. It's like, it wasn't like it was a, a cheap plot twist. It was one that like, didn't really stick with me the best. I thought, I thought it made sense. I thought, you know, narratively it kind of worked from what I remember at the time, but that, that has something to do with it. But she liked, she liked, she's like, Oh, this is, this is a fun video game. She likes that more than, I'll talk about some of the other stuff that's coming up about her, her watching and participating uh, in the, in the backseat gaming aspect of it. But no, she had, she had a good time with it. Cause it was always, it's a game that's always moving. You're not looting around. You're not spending, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a grind 10 hours and level up to level 99 and just go just finger flick the final boss and obliterate him uh, kind of guys. So she didn't have to worry about me grinding in this game or scrounging for parts. So she had a blast with it. I'm getting older because I have a thumb injury right now from playing my Steam Deck. Because, and it's because I'm holding it away that I didn't realize was not natural, or I guess it's just not the right way to hold it. Where my thumb, again, really great for uh, audio, I have my thumb bent holding, doing the control stick just like by default because of how I'm holding you're it. You're like jamming that thing on. You're like at a That's full how, perpendicular just, angle for like, what are you I, doing? I've never seen anything like it. Because I have to do like sometimes, I, you know, I'll, depending on what, what the buttons are, I got a claw grip sometimes and do certain button combinations. And so it just ends up that way. And I was like, I woke up one day. I was like, man, this like hurts. I can't move it. You're like cramping up. <laughs> Yeah, basically. So now I have to like really actively, and it's my right thumb, by the way. So it's not the one that I move with. The one I move with, I hold pretty, you know, normally it's that right analog stick. So I've had to take, you know, make the effort to really just put like the flat part of my thumb on it while I'm playing. Wait, how do you hang on? Two things. One, it's a thing. Thing thing. Thing one, that's going to make, I don't even know what I'm going to do with that GIF, but it's going to be a heck of a GIF. Whatever, whatever I just witnessed there. Thing two, I'm trying to figure out how you do that. Like I'm double jointed on this thumb here, so like it bends backwards. How are you doing that with your your thumb pointing in that what direction? What are you talking about? This is a normal thing. No, yeah, first but not all, I, to, how I, do you I, hold a controller like that? I can only do that. If there's nothing in my hand. No, no, you, it just sits there. I don't know how to. I don't know how to do this. So you can see it. Just you're like exactly. you're full Ricky Bobby. I, I don't even know what to do with my hands. What are you doing? Why is it so intense? I can see your hand fast. like you see that your, your your hand is like cramping up trying to even show it to us. So like oh again, so now I've had to make this effort of like really just having it straight the whole time and then pushing the buttons like that. So it's been an adjustment. Get somebody again, get, get hold... somebody get Gabe on the phone. I need it. I need to understand where in the quality testing was raised thumb factored in. I don't want to see. I don't hold a normal controller like that. If I hold a normal one, it'll it's be flat, right? Because I'm it not going to bend my thumb. It works the same way. Like you have oh, a switch. No, no, no. Exactly. What are you, what are you no. doing? First of all, see, now I love, me, oh, hang on. I got to tell you, I love how I'm able to like turn this back at you. Like this, now, hold on a second. This, I'm taking this podcast off the rails, baby. First <laughs> of all, because a switch again is different, right? The, the difference is on the switch. The, that right analog stick is lower. 
that makes all the difference in the world. You even have the, the backbone or what's that? Whatever that thing's called well, that makes the, it closer to the Oreo split pad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But this analog stick is down here instead of up here. It changes everything. I'm telling you. My thumb hurts from trying to pretend to be you just now. By the yeah, way, why? Everybody, everybody who has a Steam Deck and a Switch, grab them both and realize the difference. And I tell you, it's been an adjustment. This is going right. to be the worst quest of the day when Ray sets up. Hold your <laughs> post a picture hold holding your a Switch. Switch. Post a picture <laughs> holding a Steam Deck. Tell me you don't bend your thumb to push the buttons. How do you place uh, your thumb when you're using a controller? I, it depends on the controller. When you play, See, were, were you the guy on the Nintendo 64 who was holding the it like a joystick with your fingers? No, no, that, no, 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 I'm just trying to figure out what else you do weird. No, uh, you know, I, some claw grip stuff depending on the game. Not like ultra claw, but you know, a little no, yeah, the Mario you know, part. The Mario the, party. Use the use. Use yeah, the, the index finger to to roll on the on the buttons. The Mario Party control situation. Yes, I I, get uh, I think for me it was more. What did I do that more? That was more when I played Call of Duty on a PlayStation controller way back in the day, like a PS2 controller. Also, why I just preferred the Xbox controller. I don't like the two Joy Cons right next. Well, the two analogs next to each other. You got to hold it sideways. You got to tilt the control a little bit to be correct with it. You can't hold it straight. That was a whole thing. That's I played. I don't like the PlayStation controllers. All right, Smeagol, go to the game. Let's, let's go back to it. You have to hold it tilted to optimally. You can't hold it straight. No. It tilts. You slightly tilt it over so you can get all those buttons quicker because of where the two analog sticks are on the bottom. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I play Black Ops 1 Zombies. The only way to officially play it on a PlayStation controller, that control. If I had an old one, I would show you. I don't have a PlayStation controller in my house. I need to you see what you're doing with your thumb on the PlayStation controller. What are you, like, over. hold it like this now? What are you doing? <laughs> So tilt, tilt it to the, to the left, slightly to the left. So the right side's higher. You get a better angle on your thumb, and then you got to play for the button placements. Or just get an Xbox controller and just make your life better. <laughs> All right. So you go, go talk about another game. All right. So next game up on your list. And Dan, you know, I talked a bit before about Naughty Dog games. We both obviously are fans. Uh, of their games, but I think we probably agree that their piece de resistance is The Last of Us. So what about this game, sticking with your, with your theme, what about this game grabs your wife's attention? So this was not a game. This was not Heavy Rain. This was not uh, This was not my wife coming in saying, no, 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 I want, I want to watch this one. This was a game, I, I got it, maybe I got it on the three, but couldn't play it until the four. But I, I, I don't think I even bothered trying. So what happened was um, the game came out while my wife was pregnant with our son or like right before, whatever it was, it was kind of a, a black hole. Uh, we were moving. We were moving out to Western Pennsylvania, blah, 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 blah. Finally, you know, a while after the PS4 came out, maybe almost a year, I think, I got my hands on one. I had the PlayStation 3 the whole time, but... I just never, I never played The Last of Us on it, mostly because of time. I just didn't, work was busy, uh, you know, getting ready for the kid. Like we moved, the kid was coming, whatever. It was a whole, whole thing. It wasn't like a full Dark Ages, but it was, yeah, I didn't have time to sit down and play a game. But anyway, so when they, they didn't do like a full remaster, maybe they called it a remaster, whatever it was, they did an upgrade for the four. And I, I, I picked up The Last of Us and I said, let's, let's go check it out. Sure enough, game was again beautiful. Uh, you're watching every 
every ounce of Naughty Dog narratively. You're watching every ounce of uh, everything they had to offer visually. I like. I just think about driving down the road and you're seeing the farmhouse on fire while you're trying to escape. And again, I think they perfectly captured in the HBO show. So anyway, so I'm, I'm going through, I'm playing this game, having a good time. But again, this is a game where you're scrounging, right? And so a, a game that would definitely bore my wife. But finally, I think like I had beefed everything up by the time I was probably about halfway through the game. Uh, my wife was amused. I remember calling her in. I'm like, Oh, look, you know, the, the like second big levels, Pittsburgh, like we, you know, we had just moved to, to Western Pennsylvania. So there was amusement for us of like, Oh, look, here's our, here's our, our new home, just trash dilapidated. Everything's collapsing much, much like must of much of Western PA as it is now. I'm uh, just kidding, but, or am I, uh, they're fixing the bridges. It's all good. But anyway, um, so anyway, so she would come in and like kids down, just kind of, we'd be relaxing. I'm like, I just want to play a game. You could come down here, read your book or whatever. And, and she'd start kind of watching in the background where like the narrative is really taking off, uh, as you're getting into the back half of the game. And, and I want to say it was whatever the, whatever you get in, involved with the brothers, uh, in that game, uh, the, the older brother and his, his little brother, who's the much younger kid there. And she's watching that and again, like a, a thing, they perfectly nailed that episode on, um, on the HBO show. But, um, you know, she's watching this and, and compelled and like, again, it's one of those things where, again, I'm sorry, this is a really spoilerific episode. I mean, that's way of, my way of pe- keeping people from having to listen to me is I'm just going to keep going into spoilers. So Sam, uh, Sam, one of them, Sam, whatever, but you're watching it. Like, you, you know, this thing's going down, you know, it's going bad. You saw what was happening. Like this kid's, this kid's going to get got <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're watching and like, she's just compelled and, and emotional and everything's going on. It's like, this is a really good game. And like, I got the, I got the order coming down much like I did for heavy rain at that point. I'm like, Hey, can you wait for me to play this? I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> not, Oh no. In a bad way. I'm just like, yeah, no, listen, I can't, I can't blame her. And I remember we were even talking back then of like, you know, there was talk right away after that game came out of like, they're going to make a movie out of this. Or that was not like the, the we're at the end of the prestige era of TV that we're in now, but that that wave had not yet crested that, you know, there was the Mad Men's of the world and Walking Dead was out there, but it was not the like, we're going to spend uh, $300,000 on or $300 million on one season of television. It was, you know, OK, we're going to make a movie out of this, which you know probably would have worked, but it would have been would have been really rushed. But, you know, she was she was compelled. Like she was watching a movie or watching a TV show. So I would get to go through and and kind of play a level. And I, I by that point, like I said, I was I was kind of beefed up. I had enough. You know, one of the more frustrating things with that game was having to construct your your stealth weapons. So your your blades you would stab the, the zombies with would uh, or you know whatever you want to call them, but you know the, the clickers, what all the different forms of them uh, would break. So you only got you know one use or two uses or three uses as you built up. But anyway, so I kind of like I'd leveled up as much as humanly possible by that point. So I didn't have to scrounge in every drawer. Again, kind of the running the two running jokes of the HBO show is the they should have spent like three episodes digging through every drawer, looking through for every screwdriver and pill and bottle of rubbing alcohol and rag they could find, much like Joel did with his uh, his video a little while ago. Um, they and they also, what's no, sorry, they should, have been, they should have found a, a trophy. Like there should have been like a little like toy trophy <laughs> on a shelf somewhere. Just just a little metal that meant nothing. That but it, but it meant uh, everything like at the, the same time. Episode. But uh, it was that, and then 
you know, not having to watch Joel die 755 times. Joel, Joel got, got much as Ori did for me. Uh, he died a lot <laughs> and they never, they never captured that in the show. But anyway, so yeah, just, it was, it was a game where, again, you could see where the levels are coming up. I think th- I talked about it during Joel's podcast where, you know, you could see, oh, I'm coming up. It's time to get ready for a fight. You could see where they've got barricades set up and you can see where cover's going to be. And like, okay, here's where I got, I'm going to fight some humans. Here's the stealth part where I'll be able to kind of move around and dance around and figure out what the pattern is to take out the, the various, uh, you know, the various types of zombies. How do I get the, the clickers first before I get just the normal, you know, brain dead ones that can still see how do I do this with least noise? But all of that was, was pretty smooth. Even by the time I got to the back half of the game and I just, you know, the last, the, the ending of the game, especially you get to the stuff where you have like the giraffe again, thing they, they kind of perfectly captured and, uh, in the show again, as they, uh, as they killed that one, they, they killed that show there and did a great job, but even down to the, the ending of it and like kind of what ha- what's happening and, and kind of like, just, Oh man, what do you, what's going to happen here? What are you going to do? And you know, you, you're trying to get out of there. I, I think that getting out of that level again, they, they, the other ending of the show or the ending of the show was the other piece where like, I died about 75 times trying to get out of that final, final level. They, you know, Pedro Pascal had a lot easier than I did. Everybody I was going up against had mil- military grade SWAT gear <laughs> and uh, and had AK 47s. They were, you know, they they were on their way taking care of me. Various assault rifles and uh, no, no, it was, it was a lot easier for him just popping a couple of uh, hillbilly rednecks out there and being able to <laughs> being able to get out of that final place pretty easily. Anyway, I just say all that to say, you know, she came in like halfway through, got hooked on it, loved watching it. Uh, I, I did not die so many times. She got bored and frustrated with it. It was just funny when the order came down, like, Hey, can you wait for me? I'm like, well, I guess I better find a second game for times I'm playing when she's, when she's not around. Not opening. Am I right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. you. I mean, just the way, you, the way you get opened into the world there and it's just, it's a quiet night. You're playing as the daughter too. So again, like, they did a really good job, much like with Heavy Rain, as silly as it may seem. Like they open you up, brushing your teeth, but you learn how the game's going to play. And it's the same thing here. Like you're you're just going around trying to find elements of what ha- what's happening, and you see the world's going to going downhill rapidly in there. But you're learning the mechanics of the game and how to play through, and it's like this beautifully eerie thing that's happening too. And then yeah, get, and just the, the opening and the town and the explosions and the running and the you know, the attacks that are happening all over the place, and then. You know, the, the thing, I spoiled everything else, you know, but then the, you know, the military interaction happens, you know, your shot, daughter shot, and just like, oh man, what a, it just, it kicks you right in the gut to open the game up. And, and but you're never, it's not one of those things you're like, I can't figure out how they did it where people weren't off put by that either. Like, it's just funny as I'm sitting here talking about it now, you know, there's so many times where I find myself being off put by something where I'm like, this was not made with good intention or was made with, this was made with ill will. This wasn't made with the right intention. It's just like the vibe is off. The frequency's off. And there's something about like, yeah, guess what? You know, we murdered the daughter in the first, you know, what's effectively the first five minutes of the movie. Uh, but no, you're, you're on board still. It's just, there's just something about it that, that works narratively without feeling like it's, it's not cheap. It's not a stunt that's just done to, to get you to say like, Oh, feel bad for this guy. Like it, it works. It's in this rich world. And, and it goes back to the, I mean, the acting too. Sorry, Brian. I know that, you know, Brian, Brian will say what he, 
know, I don't know if he's Brian's favorite person in the world, but um, but man, you know, like they they do such a good job with the acting in that game. And yeah, you know, I don't know what's motion capture versus what's voice acting. I know there's certainly plenty of motion capture involved, but man, they re- they really hook you with the performances in that one. So the last of us did a fantastic job, in my opinion, of fleshing out this post-apocalyptic world. You know, it was through those well-crafted locales. You already mentioned Pittsburgh, you know, brimming with little details to discover, you know, you start off in Austin, Texas, you go to Boston, Pittsburgh, uh, Wyoming, Colorado, finally Salt Lake city. Which of these areas was your favorite to play through and why? So it was, Oh man, that's actually a tougher question. I'm going to say, man, they were all so good. And I, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take a two minute sidebar here. And then we'll come back and actually answer your question. Because when you made the comment you made about like this fully fleshed out world, I mean, Druckmann, Druckmann was working on this. He went, he went to school here. He went to school in Pittsburgh. Like he was, he went to college here. Um, and that's where he, he kind of had his first presentation uh, on it. And, and George Romero came into class like Carnegie Mellon. I think it was, he went to down in, down in Pittsburgh and he presented to Romero and Romero told him it was a stupid idea. And you know, he basically had another 10, 20 years to, to figure out what to do with it. So the, the, the guy was spending a couple decades, basically Druckmann building it out in his head. But anyway, I just say all this to say like, man, that's tough because again, I, the Pittsburgh part was just fun because like, okay, yeah, you know, I, I can't say it was an accurate representation of Don Ton Pittsburgh to, to use the Yinzer uh, pronunciations for this. Uh, but I want to say the, the, the one piece the one set piece that sticks out the most for me is the restaurant fight when you're playing as Ellie. And you know, that, that's like the boss fight where you're trying to crawl around and you're trying to escape the, the cannibal town leader, religious cultist guy, whatever, you know, whatever he, he is, because it's this big, like log cabin hunting lodge type restaurant. And they, they did such a good job. Like that was one that just the details for that stick out in my head. Still. I remember the towns like this, just this snowy town, it's the middle of a blizzard. It's giving you cover. So that way it's kind of believable that you can be this, you know, 16 year old girl or whatever it is and can actually sneak up and take out these, you know, middle-aged men with a pocket knife and, <laughs> and like a bow and arrow and like, Oh no, it, it kind of makes sense. Cause you can, you can sneak up on them. You can make it work. And, I just felt like that was really cool because it was also something where you played, you know, 75% of the game by that point, And all of it was as Joel naughty dog has done to, to your point, a great job with even uncharted. Like there's always a second character there. So otherwise you'd get flanked. You get, you know, you just be destroyed. You have Sully there. You have, you know, whatever various characters there are throughout uncharted. And it's the same thing here. You've got your, you know, what's, what's your name in the beginning of last of us, uh, and then you've got Ellie kind of there making sure you don't get, you don't get flanked, but now like you're not Joel anymore. Now you are playing as the, the quote unquote defenseless girl, which she's not, but, um, but you know, you're not talking about a, a you know, a, a late middle-aged man who's done nothing but like leather himself <laughs> through the course of the zombie apocalypse. And now you're just, you're playing as this girl who just physically does not have it the same way these other characters do. And it's kind of fun the way they, they built that, level for a lack of way of putting it and that that sticks out to me i guess to answer your question was there a certain enemy type that you dreaded having to fight oh it's always the clickers 
Give me, give me the humans any oh. day. But the finally, when you get the upgrade that lets you parry the clickers, so you're not just like because they they start out of the game of just like they get you, you're dead. There's no yeah. There's no running from them. There's you're just a you're a one hit kill. That's it. So finally, when you can parry and you can counter with the the shears or whatever, you know, your, your melee weapon is that, that can kind of stealth them, which I guess you're one shot killing them too, but that's, that's not the point here. It's not supposed to be fair both ways. Uh, but the clickers are, the clickers are by far. And even, even now playing through the last of us too, I'm just like, God, I hate, I hate these things so much. They're never so terrible though, that I don't want to play the game. Like they're, they're, they're not that enemy. I can't think, yeah, there's enemies in games. You're like, I, I don't even want to play this game. It's not fun anymore. Because there's ways to beat them. They build it into the game that's achievable. But anyway. I did find it easier to kill the clickers with Ellie, though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because because again, like they're just trying to get you. They just want to shift the perspective. They want to change things. They want to mix it up. They you know, they don't want to make it a total disadvantage or anything. You're not dealing with a, a whole lot of it. Or you mean in, in part two? Actually. I haven't played part two. I meant in part one. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They're, they're, you're still... It's still not bad, but you're, I, I don't remember. There's there's a little bit of the clickers with that, but she's mostly the human. I mostly remember the human stuff when you get to the town. That's true. There is all the stuff when you're in like the warehouse or whatever when you meet the guy at first. But um, yeah, it, it's it's not as painful for her because again, you're kind of souped up by the end of the year. You're at the you're at the tail end of the game at that point, so you're pretty well souped up. So, did you have a favorite weapon to use? Hmm. <sighs> Not, not really. I, I was just like the, uh, yeah, the rifle and the handgun. They both just got the job done. I can't say there was, you know, because you also get like the assault rifle and things like that. I, I just needed the simple stuff. I always wanted to be, you know, you don't have a lot of ammo in this game. This is this is much like the original Resident Evil. There is a finite amount of ammo in this game. You also don't have unlimited pockets. So the ammo that you pick up, like, okay, I can carry, you know, 25, 30 rounds, whatever it is. So it's not like I can carry all 175 rounds that I pick up or, you know, that I go by in the course of the game. I always have some max capacity. Uh, so I always wanted my shots to count. And even again, as I'm playing through two now again, like I, I took one shot <laughs> in the course of, of a thing. And like, just cause I, I needed to, I needed to end it quickly. I couldn't figure out how to get the drop on somebody. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm making sure I get one clean headshot, And that's, so that's how I would play. I would, I would play it that like, no, I want, I want the handgun or I want the rifle one shot, one kill. I'm done. <laughs> I, I got to save the ammo. I can't, you know, much like I would a Phoenix down in, in uh final fantasy. I want to carry as much as humanly possible. I'm hoarding. Uh, so I'm going to make it count. I need, I need that accurate weapon. When you get to the machine guns and stuff, they're, they're not accurate. They're not efficient. I'm, I'm not a fan. I want, I want one shot, one kill. I'm not sure if Ray has played Last of Us, but either way, I think he's disappointed that you didn't uh, pick the bow as your favorite weapon. Well, yeah, because that's... Uh, do you use... I'm trying to remember. Do you use that with Joel or is that just with Ellie? Oh, you use it with Joel, too. That's right. You do use yeah, it. Yeah, use both. Yeah, because... Oh, you know what? That is great because you get... You go pick the arrows back up, too. And the, the stealth kill, and their too. stealth. Yeah. yeah that, oh, that is... That is I'm a surprised good you, I did, I'm surprised I did you didn't pick the stealth weapon, Dan. Hey, Ray, listen, now's the time. Those those PlayStation first-party games are on sale for the PC. Now's the time to dive in. I, I, yeah, I know. But then I, there's so many backed up. I, when I when I finish Spider-Man, maybe I'll go buy something else. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. So Naughty Dog Golf released DLC for this game, Left Behind. Did you ever uh, play through that? Do you, 
Do you think it added to the story? Was it just a cash grab in your opinion? What do you think? Oh, it was certainly not a cash grab, but it was, it was far from it. I think it it was fully fleshed out. It was a good, did you need it? Nope. Did it add to the story? Yep. Kind of the perfect thing that you want a DLC to be not where, not where somebody else is being robbed of narrative, not where the game is incomplete without it, but it gives you like, okay, I I think you kind of get the, the lone wolf and cub thing from, from Joel and Ellie as it is, but it gives Ellie a little bit more of a story. So no, you go for it. And I'd be remiss not to mention the sequel. You know, some say it's better than the first. Others say it doesn't come close without getting too spoilerish. Um, you know, does the sequel compare to the original for you? Uh, I, I dare say it beats it. Um, it's, it's richer. It's got more going on. And even, even again, you're not spoiling when it happens in the first, like 15 minutes of the game, when you switch perspectives right away, to Abby's perspective off the bat, who like, again, not to get too spoiler about it, but like, if you know, you know what happens in this game and immediately you're playing as that character and you're on a collision course with, with what's going to be happening in this game. You're like, Oh, this isn't, I I went in kind of having an idea of like, well, I know I have an idea of what's going to happen. I saw the trailer for the game. I saw the trailer for the game and I could kind of piece things together, but when you very quickly change perspectives and like, Oh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And it goes into this much richer narrative about like, it's, it's the, the revenge and the cycle of violence and everything that comes with that is, is really, I mean, it's, it's perfectly executed. There's no two ways about it. I'm, I'm dying. Cause I, you know, I'm I'm watching all the casting stuff happening. Like, give me give me season two. I want to see I want to see them put this on screen. Maybe two, three, whatever it's going to take. You know, they may split it in two seasons, whatever. Uh, but I just have to say, it. I dare say it is close to a perfect game as it could be. Um, and that's that's all there is, that's all there is to say about that. Uh, but it's it's exciting and the upgrade for the five. I, I've said it on I have said it on channel three a few times. The upgrade on the five. Again, it was ten bucks for me because I had it already for the for the four. Like a t- ten dollar upgrade, they didn't recharge everybody again. Don't oh, we're charging you seventy dollars for the game again. Shut up! No, they're not. They're not. They're charging ten bucks. If you want to get the upgrade, fine. If you don't, shut up and move on. But the the funniest thing I have to say, and I will I will go on my tirade because again, there is a lot about the cycle of violence. The cash grab part, if you want to say there's a cash grab part, does fall into part two where they put in this like rogue like mode where yeah, you just you're playing through. You're you're playing through levels and taking people out, and you're you're facing various challenges. You're going from room to room and getting upgrades and recovering, and like you you're just senselessly murdering people through the <laughs> throughout this thing with like no consequence whatsoever. And the whole point of the game while you're going through it is like, no, there's consequences to these people you are taking out. These are not mindless zombies uh, <laughs> that are going through. But no, take this entire game that. Again, I don't. Druckman did not direct that. I think somebody else at Naughty Dog. They had a couple other people working on it. Like they put it in there, much like they did with uh, Link's Awakening. We're like, well, we gave it the Dungeon Builder on the Switch. Like they just kind of shoved it in there. But I'm like, this is counterintuitive and antithetical to the entire game you have created. But hey, have fun if everybody wants to have fun at that part. It's just it's this weird thing to digest for me. I'm still trying to process. We'll end with this one. You know, at the risk of spoiling a ten year old game. You know, the ending was quite the emotional journey. You know, your whole mission was 
to deliver Ellie to the Fireflies so they could develop a, a cure for, from her immunity. But when you find out that the cure would require Ellie's death, you know, you kill everyone to now save your adoptive daughter. And then, of course, at the very end, you lie to her and tell her that, you know, the cure was even possible. Now, I'm sure anyone can understand Joel's dilemma. But what are your thoughts on Joel's actions, especially as a father yourself? It has, it has nothing to do with being a father. Like, I play amateur scientist as much as I play amateur lawyer. And I'm like, no, that that wouldn't work. They would just kill her and it wouldn't work. <laughs> So I, I, I'm of the camp of like, this was never going to work. They all had to die. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, like, no, you, you can't, you can't cure a fungal infection that way, guys. This is not how this works. So I hate to like, I hate to underdo the un- undercut the, uh, the kind of the, your, your question, like your question's right. It's, it's still like, no, nah, you know what? I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, because again, if there was something to it, but anyway, like scientifically, I'm like, no, this doesn't make sense. And maybe some scientists out there is going to say, no, it makes perfect. No, it, there is, there's something about like, no, this doesn't make sense. So they, you all die. You don't get to just cut somebody up because you think you might be able to figure something out. And uh, yeah, you, you're all getting got. That's it. All right. So we move on to the final game of your top three, and that's Rock Band 3. Now, there are four mainline Rock Band entries, two band specific entries, the Beatles and Green Day. And even a Lego spinoff, because let's face it, who doesn't have a crossover with Lego these days? And that doesn't even include the plethora of Guitar Hero titles, which is pretty much the same game. So what about Rock Band 3 in particular puts it on this list? All right. So I went to a buddy's house. That was the first I heard. You know, there were Guitar Hero was around. My brother had Guitar Hero. It was kind of fun playing it. I, I, I still can't get the Guitar Hero... The, the guitar controller down. It just does not work. My brain doesn't work that way. What do I do with my hands? Again, I joke about the Ricky Bobby thing. Like I, I can't, my brain does not work to make my hands do all this stuff. Ray is shaking his head here. Is that an agreement shake? Ray? No, not? I don't, no, I don't agree with you. Guitar, guitar hero is better, but cause it's your show. You can say, no, <laughs> I just, it, the guitar pieces doesn't work for me. I can't, I can't do the guitar. That's, that's part of what In the it same is. way. I can't figure out the guitar for life of me. So I so I go to my buddy's place and he's got like oh check out this this is rock band this is they took the guitar hero and they put everything else in it too uh, oh oh really okay now I I have zero musical talent whatsoever I have I've never been able to play an instrument I've never been able to do anything I'm like you know what I already know I can't do the guitar let me try the drums so I'm kind of and, and like. When you start on easy, this game has a beautiful progression of like, hey, we're going to help you get the rhythm down. We're going to help you figure out how the hand movements are. Like I had a way easier time mentally picking up how to play the drums versus like learning the guitar in the game. That that was just it was just the way it was. So I was hooked with that. Um, yeah, you know, again, it was something I, I won from a radio station. Like I, I, we we got it. We got you know. Let's go. Let's go try this thing out. My, my wife again. She, uh, for for context, uh, she too has no ability to play a musical instrument, read a musical note whatsoever. She did all the high school musicals. She was, uh, um, she was in like Little Shop of Horrors. And anything goes. Like she was leads in all these plays in high school and and sang just from like you know learning the music and, and kind of what she had to do. She couldn't read a music sheet. If you put a gun to her head and, and so be it, but like, here's rock band where like, 
again, they, they kill it with the microphone and, and how to do it. There's a couple songs. She probably disagrees with how they, how they read the, <laughs> how, how they read the various highs and lows of it. But anyway, um, this, this thing became the centerpiece to, uh, you know, first of all, just kind of fun activity for us. Cause again, you know, we, we bought our house and we had our basement and everything. And, and for many out there who uh, have bought your first house, that means uh, you go into another black hole of life. Cause you don't have uh, extra <laughs> income to spend on anything. <laughs> so whatever we had around the house was what was going to be amusing for us. So we had, uh, we had rock band, but it also became like a centerpiece of, uh, when we'd have people over to do stuff, it was like, okay, we're having a rock band party. It was basically this big karaoke thing. Um, rock band two, you know, rock band two, they took everything, they iterated and improved. They made it better. It was cleaner. It was, you know, more songs. You could download the disc from rock band one and port it all over there. And now you've got rock band one and rock band two built in rock band three though. Why did I pick rock band three? So rock band three was like the, the height of it. For all intents and purposes, right? They they add the keyboard to it, which is kind of fun. But again, like I, you know, we had it, but again, my my fingers just don't work that way. Give me the give me the drums. I can, you know, by the time Rock Band Two came out, I got the cymbal expansions. I could play the cymbals on this thing. I could expert drum. I could get the five gold stars on expert with the drums. Outside of like four play long time from Boston, I could probably handle uh, a great deal of songs as far like I couldn't handle the five devil horns. We got to like the worst of the worst, but I could hold my own on a lot of other stuff. But the thing that sticks out with me to three with three in particular was my mom's 60th birthday was during like rock band threes lifespan. Uh, so again, like, yeah, wife and I are having parties is kind of where the, the wife part of this story comes in. So for my mom's 60th birthday though, um, and my brother, sister and I, again, we're all at, 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 various uh positions in our lives were like you know houses or and freshly married saving up to get married whatever uh so like you know we 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 did a firehouse fire hall party for her and that may make sense to ray i don't know what the canadian equivalent of that is if there if there is such a thing but like <laughs> volunteer firehouses they generally have a lot of them over in eastern pennsylvania they actually have like nice catering halls it's not like, okay, you're having, you're having a party in the garage. Like there's just something about the culture out in the Eastern side of the state where they, they put in these you know nice catering halls in them. And we, we rented out the, uh, the catering hall in this, uh, volunteer firehouse. My brother, uh, again, as my, I mentioned before, my brother, his, his father-in-law owns a restaurant. He was the head chef there. My brother, uh, at the time he does some other political type work now, but at the time he, uh, I think he, he was either working for his father-in-law again, where like, again, he and I worked for worked for his father-in-law since we were both 14 and could get working papers effectively. But he had also done some time in some high end steakhouses, sous chef and all this. So anyway, so I just say all this to say, you know, we, we catered the thing. Um, I made hundreds of homemade meatballs and sauce. And we got, you know, we did a bunch of like roast beef, all, all sorts of stuff. Like we, we, we put a whole catering thing together for it and, we hosted the party, but anyway, I like literally brought my PlayStation three. They had a projector there. We hooked the PlayStation three up. I went so far as to uh, create an Excel document of every rock band song that we had or downloaded or alpha, uh, alphabetized one by band alphabetized one by song. And 
we put out like a karaoke list basically. And that was like, (laughs) that was the musical entertainment for this party was like, we had one, we had one screen up. My brother brought his Xbox and one of the Jackbox party packs was the like entertainment for people. You could play uh you don't know Jack or whatever other games there were on that, on the Xbox. We had just music running all night. Cause somebody was always playing rock band. Even people who had never had it before. Like, Oh, I will just sing and do karaoke for, <laughs> for this, for this, uh, for this song here. So anyway, so I just say all this to say it was this weird intergenerational um, thing that, that worked. I mean, like I'd got my mom at PlayStation three at some point too. And just like, download everything for her because she always had fun playing rock band too. rock band also even um so like i'd gotten her a playstation and, and slapped everything on there for her but it was this fun like karaoke thing that was there and, and even when rock band 4 came out just still a blast for my wife she still she still loves to uh to pull it out there she's trying to get my kids involved she wants the kids hooked on it it's just it's not sticking for them they can they they're actually learning things like my my daughter is learning the recorder now she's she's doing musicals already my son's uh, working on the clarinet now and like they're, they're learning actual musical stuff. We're both idiots and I can, I can hit a plastic thing and make it seem like I know how to play something. So I don't know what the, I don't know where I was going with that, but that's the story of why. Now you actually did pretty well in a uh, rock band tournament once, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, so we, um, back when we were in Philadelphia, so it was the rock band two era there. I don't remember, you know, this was like, the height of Facebook not being garbage. Just go to channel three for your gaming content. Now people let's, let's be realistic here, but somehow, you know, the rock band sponsored with Harris casinos, a rock band two tournament and said, Hey, you know, put the band together. Come on out. There was a casino right outside of Philadelphia. They, they, I think it did in Atlantic city also, but by that point there was gambling in Pennsylvania. So we didn't even, not that I was far from Atlantic city anyway, that was like a, you know, an evening trip we can make down there. But, you know, we gathered some friends up. We're like, let's go do it. And so my brother, my sister, my wife and I, we all, uh, we all got together. We got the band together. Uh, and my wife did, uh, you ought to know by Alanis Morissette. Now part of this was, it was just, you know, it wasn't, Hey, do the best. It wasn't get the best percentage. It was get the highest score. So that meant all you had was like 10 people playing give it away now over and over and over again by the red hot chili peppers, which I'm not the biggest chili peppers fan to begin with, but my God, if you're going to continue to play that for me, there's not enough for me to be able to drink to tolerate that night going through it. But we got second and third place. There were two different events they had. We got second and third place. Even when everybody else did, did that song over and over again, we played, we played that well. Uh, as a band <laughs> to uh, to come in second and third place and got to, we made some scratch over that. Good times. Good so, times. so just how good are you at this game? Like, can you beat like any song on expert? I, I, cannot, I cannot do the devil horns. I don't know. You know what? It's been a minute since I've played too. Again, just cause like the, yeah, the kids and like I'd put the drums away cause the kids would be come down here and like, eh, and I don't, I don't even know how I would replace them at this point. Like they're, they're back in my basement. They're safe. They're they're in my back storage area. They're safe. Um, I think I could pick it back up pretty quickly. I would have to probably train myself up from like medium to to expert again. And much like Ray's thumb with the Steam Deck, my my uh, lower uh, my my lower front of my shins would burn depending on what was going on. I also had to get to the point where I got the second base pedal. You could get a double base pedal for <laughs> for Rock Band. I started to learn the double base pedal. 
I could I could probably pick back up to like the five star or five uh you know I could pick the five stars back up probably pretty quickly I think but we could I could, I could gold star on drums pretty much anything up to that unless you got to the devil horns then I'm like no I that that's where you get into like dream theater and and Megadeth and all that I'm like I I can't keep up with this there's not a there's not a beat for me to keep up with this is all over the place I I can't do this but I could uh I can hold my own. Probably if you probably if you put like colors on a drum set and played you know played rock band with me and I had a real drum set with the same colors in front of me I might be able to play an actual song for all I know I still can't read a music sheet if you put a gun to my head but you know here we are all right I'll end with this one um, so what's your favorite song on rock band and and this might be a different answer as well what's your favorite song to play oh. So I'm going to have to say Everlong is my favorite song on there, period. they One of the beautiful things they did in the Rock Band 2 era was they started putting out like whole albums, basically, for download. And when they put out the Foo Fighters Color and the Shape, I think Everlong was the song that was on the game anyway. But when they put out the Color and the Shape by the Foo Fighters as the whole album, it's like, oh, they they this, this game just has me under its thumb. There we go. <laughs> okay, there we go. But Everlong is easily the best song that's on there. You know what I'm going to say as my favorite song to play? And I'm going to take, I, I'm probably going to not answer because I just can't think off the top of my head. I have Say It Ain't So Stuck in My Head by Weezer. But what I'm going to shout out is, an, again, in Rock Band 3 where they perfected things, they had basically like an indie tool that could be developed that you could put out your own music for. And there were a lot, of, like Third Eye Blind, we're do they were doing like the Taylor Swift re-record stuff before Taylor Swift was to try to like battle some of the right stuff of recording. So like Third Eye Blind put out their stuff on this this version of it. But I, I just feel to say the those in the know are aware of Jonathan Colton. And this is how I learned of Jonathan Colton, the artist behind uh many a gems such as Code Monkeys, RE Your Brains, uh Skull Crusher Mountain. This was how I learned of him beyond the theme song for the code monkeys cartoon, which is also brilliant. If anybody can find it, I think it was a G four show back in the day when that existed. But again, I digress. Ray, are you, you know what I'm talking about? Code monkeys. You said G four. And all of a sudden I was like, hang on a second. Like it was, this, I'm going to look it up. While you're it, talking. it was this stupid, brilliant eight bit animated show mm-hmm. that about like game coders in the eighties. Yeah, but it was um, like a year, it's only like a year long too. Yeah. I oh yeah, it. But, but it was the, but it's like one of the episodes the company's hired to make the the uh, ET game. And the guy who's supposed to do it, it's like I I can't remember what like he's he's falling asleep on the project. He's like, "Oh my god, I got to find out what to do." Oh, oh, it's an alien invasion. Oh, it's an alien invasion movie. That's why okay, we'll get guns and like that's how the ET game is made. Like it's it's stupid stuff like that, but it, it was I loved that show. And he does the theme song for it, but um like my kids have started hearing some of the Jonathan Colton stuff now. Cause I, like I found this guy from rock band kept suggesting his music to me, like come listen to skull crusher mountain. I'm like, all right, let's, let's hear what this is. And you get lyrics about like, uh, you know, I made this half monkey, half pony monster to please you. Maybe. <laughs> uh, and uh, maybe I went a little too far. It used too many monkeys, maybe ruined a perfectly good pony, something like that. Um, right down to his baby got back acoustic cover. Uh, but like you find all sorts of gems, but people go, go find Jonathan Colton's greatest hits and 
I, I think he still does a cruise every year too. If you're if you're a cruise person, it might be a worthwhile uh, worthwhile thing to check out. But I'll, I'll go with the Jonathan Colton discography as my favorite, just stupid fun thing to do. Well, we've made it through your your quote unquote top three or your what are your three, and now we're gonna go to the honorable mentions. Uh, you know, a couple games that did not make the list, and you mentioned it already, but I wrote it down here. That's because as I was sitting and doing this, like there's something wrong with this list. Um, your honorable mentions this show, are three. This show is not. It's not called your top three, Ray. This, this show is, is not called your not, top three. It's not called your top three. It just so happens that your honorable mentions are three quarters of your Mount Rushmore list. You know, as I was doing my my research, I was like, oh, well, there's something wrong here. So I had to figure it out. But we're gonna start. We're gonna start with Chrono Trigger, which you have. It's it's number one on your Mount Rushmore list. That's the, I don't know if you put numbers on it, but it's the first game listed. No, there, so. they they are they are ranked, and there have been times where you know there was a stretch where Mass Effect Two had the one spot, and then I had to like stop and like no, it doesn't. It it doesn't really have that. Uh, Chrono Trigger does. I mean, I, I've I've been going through. I've been posting. I've been going through an existential crisis these last couple of days. With 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 my Mount Rushmore, I I changed it again today. I'm like really, I've, I've been having some life struggles with it, so I so I understand. I th- I think um, I have to send you for your Steam Deck because it's on Steam. Chrono Trigger is on Steam. I did. I only found out recently. I did not realize. Oh, I didn't know that either. It it is so, it is on Steam. I you know it's not a perfect port as I understand it. Um, but if, listen, if you have not experienced this, I I tell people just just go do it. So is this? The start of the RPG love for you, and and in particular the the turn based RPG love. No, it is not. Um, I was late to Super Nintendo. I've talked about on here before. You know, we went from a Nintendo household into a uh, Sega Genesis household growing up. I don't know what the exact politics of that decision were. You know, it was usually you know my dad and my uncle were coordinated in their console purchases through time. Um, they both had the NES. They both moved on to the Sega Genesis. Eventually, the PlayStation came along for the two of them. Uh, but somehow, the Sega Genesis became involved. We were a Sega household. Politically speaking, for those of us who were around during the peak of the console wars, of the Sega versus Nintendo era specifically, you had to choose a side. This wasn't a, like, oh, no, why can't we be friends? Can't we all just get along? Like, no, you were issued, you, you know, Somehow you were issued your side and you die hard stuck with it. That's so right. we were, yeah, we were a, we were a Sonic household. This was a Sega Genesis household anyway. So, uh, my, my buddy was my best friend, Joe at the time he had, he was a super Nintendo guy. I'd go over to his place and, um, that was where the RPG thing started for me. I, I want to say it was secret of mana first. Again, available on the Switch for anybody who's not played it. It is not a turn-based RPG. Uh, that one is a little bit more real-time. There's there are traditional RPG elements with it. Probably, you know, it's, it's a lot more equitable to Kingdom Hearts. Ray, it's a lot more equitable to like the spell casting systems with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's like back in the 16-bit days. Now that I think about, it, like, oh no, Square was always tinkering with that space. But anyway. Um, so it started with that and Final Fantasy three, aka the real Final Fantasy six, but they only gave us uh, they only gave us a few of them over here. They they did not think we were competent enough to handle it. 
So it started with those two. And at that point, I'm like, whatever Square wants to do, I I will I will take it. I will digest it. Give it to me. Give it, give me, give me, give me. Um, and this was also my game informer era. Cause again, if you if you were a Nintendo person, you had Nintendo power. If you weren't, then you had Game Pro. <clears throat> so I was a that was my first like I saved up money. I paid for a subscription for the year and Chrono Trigger was just like all over this thing. I'm like, Oh man, you know, by that point, my brother and I had saved up. We bought a super Nintendo towards the end of its life cycle. Um, yeah, we bought a couple games for it. A lot of, a lot of used games. This was like pre GameStop pre, uh, uh, whatever the, the, whatever the various stores were, but yeah, there were a lot of local game stores. Yeah, you, uh, you have a Funk, do you have Funko Land by you? I had Funko. There, Land there was there while. was a Funko Land. It was was it EB or something? It was like uh, Bradley or Electronics. but I don't remember. There was it was there, KB. There was KB Toys. Well, KB or Toys, KB. but there was another. There was Electronics. I want to say it was like E Bradley or something like that. Um, but anyway, there were also some local ones that we had just in like uh, you know like the the main part of our part of Philadelphia. Uh, you know, we picked up like that's where we got Super Mario Kart and stuff like that, but. Um, so by that point I had game pro I'm like, Oh, this chrono trigger thing. Like this is, you know, we, I got, I got my secret of man energy. I've got my final fantasy three, not knowing it was final fantasy six then energy. Let's go. Let's check this out. My birthday comes around. Um, yeah, I take my birthday money, go up to, to Funko land before it was, before it became GameStop out by us. And Hey, chrono trigger, you got it? No. Okay, supposed to be out like three days ago. All right, fine, whatever. Come back. We'll probably have it tomorrow. It's supposed to be coming out. All right, fine. Come back tomorrow. Chrono Trigger. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, eighty dollars. I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean eighty? Fine, whatever. This was this was you know this is a different time, people. It, who I can't remember who, whoever's episode they talked about it. Like Target had an ad for it. Apparently, that we didn't even have Targets then, but like they had the demo for it, but didn't even sell the game. Like you you couldn't find this game. It was a a supply and demand issue. Like you had to get these JRPGs for premium. So that's when I, As, I cracked it. Yeah. So before we get into kind of the game, um, let's, cause again, I, I, I looked at the developer questions, had to, had to look this stuff up for you. You're, you're going uh, next level, Ray. Look at this. Hey, I got, listen, I, you know, I have, I, I pay attention to who the guest is going to be. Uh, so th- this is, I guess this is more impressive in hindsight because at the time, these are three, nobodies who are going to become like big, yeah, big one of the, and one of them's your boy too <laughs> that's what i was saying yeah so you know you so you have hironobu sakaguchi who is you know the creator of squares final fantasy series before you know before we go square edicts you have yuji hori the creation of dragon quest series and then my guy akira toriyama the uh designer of dragon ball you know we always talk about in sakurai we trust with smash brothers but the Dragon Ball community still to today, you know, it's in Toriyama we trust with whatever he does. Yeah, for the the original Dragon Ball Z, none of this other stuff that came after, none of the recuts, none of the remixes, none of the. Yeah, uh, it's all him. Anything, even even now, he's like he's he's the one doing the new stuff. If we, you, know, you need him, you need him. To oh, do so it. we're, we're back with the new stuff. Okay, okay. You can tell when he's not involved. There's, it's just, it's just very obvious. He's the brains behind it all. But, I mean, you have that much power in in one game and and it kind of shows right because this game has a multitude of endings that is that's the the light way to put it and yeah, 20, just, 20 like, at the time unheard of basically yeah right, right right like ridiculous amount of endings uh so many and a bunch of them kind of hidden behind having to play the game again 
you know, kind of all those oh, like new uh, game, including new like game. there's one you can go right in and like fight the final boss the second you start the game, basically. Like, right, yeah. new game plus before new game before this even idea. Okay, new game plus comes. I had so, I mean, no idea what new game plus was the first time I beat right. it. I'm like, wait, what's new game plus? Oh, hello, all right, I'm in. So let's go when you so when you beat the game, let's kind of go there because that's kind of like the big thing. You know, you know they they throw the time travel as as kind of a caveat to beating the game and beating it again. That's kind of their thing. Like, oh, we'll just time travel. We'll do it again. And we'll time travel different, different times. What What's your original win when you beat this game? Was My original it- win was basically going through the entire story. I went, I, well, not basically. I went through the entire story, but also probably about halfway through the game. Corona, the main character dies. The main character is killed by the final boss. And you have the ability to resuscitate him only if you have beaten the stupid carnival game that you can play at any point before that. But the carnival game that is at the beginning of the game, you can win a life-size doll of yourself and that can be used to resuscitate you. I did not win the doll. I could not get that stupid game down. So the first time I finished the game, they're just lamenting his death the entire time. Uh, So I'm like, then the new game plus comes and I'm like, Oh, I get to do this again. Let's, let's go. Um, so, so I, I wanted to go back into it and, and I, like I, I beat it. I beat it early on. Cause again, like once you're, once you're there, the second you start the game, telepod is there. The telepod is there and there's a glisten on it. That's not there with the new, you know, until the new game plus, and you can immediately go and fight the fun. You can either get, the princess and have her join you to fight the final boss, or you could fight the final boss solo. I think it was like the third or fourth time where I'm like, I, I finally fought him the third time I did it. I beat it with her and him the And then I went back and did it again. I did it with just him, which is hard. It is hard <laughs> to not get killed by yourself going through the, you know, multiple forms of Lavos in this game. So, no, it was it was a blast, but it was like you said, there was there's all this interconnected time stuff. There are things that that broke me for gaming. Again, the the Aerith getting killed in Final Fantasy VII, like, oh, Chrono got killed too. I could I could bring him back. There's gotta be a way to bring her back. And no, there's not a way to bring her back. She's just dead. So it broke me even for Final Fantasy VII. I'm like, there's gotta be a way to bring her back. Nope, not oh. so much. So you be you. So you do this the solo Chrono win. Does that mean you you got to see the ending with all the developers where they kind of they chat with you? I I, that's, have, that's, I have seen I've seen everything there is to see. Okay, the, like I I, can't, I did not beat like all twenty of them, but I did. I beat it like halfway through the game, and then I beat it like ten minutes into the game, and then like the first chance I had solo. So I have I have beaten the solo for sure. Does this mean you've beaten the version? Because again, I'm reading all this because I've not played it. Did you do you beat the oh what is it? The Ocean Palace ending. Where Lavos is like double speed. It's the one where Chrono can can die. Like if Chronos dies in an ending, it's supposed to because you actually see the world get destroyed, but you can beat it like that if you're just, you know, amazing. I I know game. off the top of my head, I beat it at the point where Chrono's supposed to die. That was the second time I beat it. I also beat it. So the villain you think is the villain for like the first third or quarter of the game or whatever it is before you find out about Lavos. Is it Magnus? I think his name. I'm trying to remember now his name, the blue hair guy. 
I fought it that prevented him from becoming like when he gets displaced in time. I know I beat it at that point also. I want to say I beat it five or six times, but I know I, that was another one where so I beat it. The Chrono was supposed to die. I beat it when Magnus would have gotten displaced in time, and I can't remember like what their actual names are versus what I named them either is my other problem because <laughs> he also had his actual name and then his like villain name. But anyway, um, and also with these characters like you back then you didn't leave their names where they were. You changed their names to your friends or you change your names to your pets and things like that. So I, I can't remember what half of these names are. Cause like, no, I didn't leave them as, as there is a Micah or Luca. I don't remember. Cause I, one of them, I changed the name to, to mix it up. You just always change the names. But anyway, I just say, let to say like, I know those are the endings that I had. I had the I had the final ending where like just the game would end. There's no further point to go than this. I had the before Chrono would have died, before time would have gotten jacked up for him. The two people and then the solo. I I know for sure I've done those. Well, this is it's kind of a hard question um, to answer. But when you played the game, right? When you played it and you you played it a bunch and you, and you finished it and you were you you were kind of done with it. You decided, yeah, I've done everything I'm gonna do. Did did you have any sense of wow, this is like the greatest game I've ever played? Um, just the fact that I kept going back into it and kept going back into it. Like there's there's the Mario three, like greatest game I ever played of just like. They've perfected this. They've, uh, you know, I mean, like they, they can't do any better than this. And then Super Mario World comes along and like, okay, they, they did it again. Like, no, but I, did I think at the time, like, okay, three decades from now, I'll be talking to somebody on my computer about, <laughs> about this game. No, I can't say, I, I can't say that was the case. I just like it, it hit everything right for me, the strings and the different things you could do. Cause even like, even as I think about the, the, I can't remember. I should have probably looked his name up, but again, I put no prep into this. I sent you guys a list and said, I'm out. I'm done. I'm not doing anything else. Um, but Magnus or whatever that guy's name is. So I remember even in that, my first playthrough, you have the option of like, when you fight him as he's summoning Lavos and you think that's like the end of the world, you can kill him and let the frog turn human again when the game's over, or you can have him join your party. And I remember I killed him the first time and ended him. And then like, you also get his story of like, oh, he didn't become a villain. He got just displaced in time. He was bringing Lavos back to try to like undo everything and kill Lavos or, you know, whatever the various pieces are. So anyway, I just say all this to say, no, I, I did not at the time picture sitting in my middle age discussing this game further. <laughs> How does this one compare um, or do you, do you find comparisons to playing Sea of Stars? Because that was that's kind of that's the new version kind of game. Um, I know people kind of compared it more to Final Fantasy, but did you did you play it with any feeling of Chrono Trigger behind it? Yeah, because it, it it's just it is that '90s Square vibe that before Square Enix, and like things got kind of weird for Square at that point. Just Square well, when it was just SquareSoft, and no, because like they did everything in that Final Fantasy three slash six slash Chrono Trigger mold like it looks like that it plays better like with quality of life improvements and like that's where sea of stars hit for me of just like nope they they caught that that rpg vibe of that time and that's that it it worked perfectly but yes i thought absolutely a final fantasy 3 and and of chrono trigger could you see a game today like could you see a new game made today with with that many 
options and details because we get a lot of games with content and side quests, right? And do all this other stuff instead of the main story as opposed to Chrono Trigger was like play the main story and because everything you also do on the side is actually just part of the main story. You're just going to decide which main story you're doing. You, could you imagine a game like a new game today that's going to have like that many options that matter in that way? So like I hate to use the term master is probably overused, especially when you have like, you know, the, the older Japanese developers and we talk about like Sakurai is a master and we talk about, you know, Miyamoto is a master and, and like there's this like old traditional version, but like you were talking about three masters who were like, no, we're going to, we're going to do this thing. And they didn't even, they like Carter trigger was an accident. Mm-hmm. effect. like that, that was not there. They did not go in planning to make that game. They kind of were going in to, to do final fantasy or something. And like, fell into that. <clears throat> oh, hang on. So they kind of accidented themselves into that. Um, so I just say all this to say, like you're also hitting one of my pet peeves. And even some I'm replaying through the last of us two of like, Oh, that's right. This one has the baseball cards that I have to go looking. I, like I don't have to go looking for the baseball cards. Fortunately, there's not anything to it, but like all these games now, like they keep putting in just these silly little, collectathons whereas if they took the effort to do that and like just wrote out on the graph paper again even as i'm talking through chrono trigger of like all the different points where you can do this or that there's other stuff that can happen throughout there there's like going and saving micah or luca or whatever her name was you could save her mom from being injured and that changes the game where like these things that happen that are not just nothing in that game feels like it's filler and to old man yell at cloud about this, stop making me go find 37 lightsaber hilts and 27 ponchos and give me something substantive in here. Take the time he did to program in, you know, a fifth shade of lightsaber uh, and go ahead and, and do this. So like they, they took the time for it. Um, I, I think, you know, you've talked about it before too, where like we're going back to these games of, you know, we're getting that, that 2d, 3d, mix we're getting that art style back in so hopefully that'll take some of the strain off of this like un unmaintainable triple a budget i need something to look entirely human realistic uncanny valley thing and you know focus on the narrative focus on the story at the same time like hopefully you can make it for less and i i know there's gonna be people out there saying this looks stupid I, i want my game to look like i'm playing whatever but you know enjoy the story go for it all right, so move on to the next one here. We got Mass Effect 2. So, Dan, I know your work. We don't have to announce your work, but I know that the work you do involves, you know, a thousand decisions every single day. Um, do you ever stop and think about the fact that the video games that you choose to enjoy happen to do the same thing? You seem to love games where you have a lot of choices to make all the time. I think I think it's only the case because it keeps it from being repetitive again not that there's not like i love mario 3 i loved mario wonder i love super mario world um i I love the zelda games like the the older zelda games were like no you're just going from progression to progression those are those are fun those are those are perfect but there's something about these these worlds where i appreciate these places that are created that have depth to them that can be lived in and I think you see that again with Mass Effect 2, which I I, you know, I talked about in Nikki's episode 
two episodes ago from this, I guess, where like I didn't play Mass Effect One. I didn't. I wasn't buying an Xbox to play that. I knew I, I you know, I wanted to try this Bioware game because, again, to your point, like you know, their Bioware made some good games. I wanted to try it. This was their foray into the PlayStation. I heard great things. Let's let's go do it. And they gave me a motion comic for it or whatever it was you want to call it that I had to make the the choices for. But I, I you know, to answer your question though. Like, no, they're just, they're more fun worlds to live in when they have that depth to them. So we'll start with choice one, uh, soldier, infiltrator, engineer, or a sentinel. What's uh, the, uh, what's, what's the gameplay choice or what's the gameplay style? I guess soldier or sentinel. That's all. That, that's all it would be for me. Like I, I'm, uh, give me, give me a sniper rifle. Give me an assault rifle. Give me like, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll go right in there for it. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm I'm not the the engineer. That's where you get like your magic and stuff like that, and or your your biotics and and all that stuff. That was never never big for me with that game. Just let me let me pick somebody off in the head while they're poking their head out, and I'll I'll take care of this. Next set of decisions: uh, Paragon decisions or or Renegade? Did you oh. <laughs> kind of bounce back and forth? Did you did you feel a moral obligation to make one decision over another? How, how, what what was the way to play the game for you? I, uh, you know, I, I enjoy Grand Theft Auto as much as the next guy. Again, that's just like a different switch to your, you know, to, to your point, right? Like it's, it's a different world. It's a different mindset. Um, but even with that too, like I, you know, I'm kind of curious to see what I do when Grand Theft Auto six comes out. If I just have the, if I have the psychological fortitude to play that anymore, but like I can't play with that kind of malice and ill will to do the renegade stuff. Uh, so no, it was always, it was always Paragon for me. I wouldn't go back and be like, Oh my God, I made a renegade decision. I need to go undo this and go play something else. But just like, yeah, I'm not going to, even in a game, I'm not going to, you know, shoot somebody in the head just to to drive a point to the rest of the people and scare them. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with it. Even like my first playthrough of the game, I lost one of the party members because I wouldn't make a renegade decision, uh, with them. So, yeah. I'm out of here. Uh, I'm done with you. <laughs> Whatever. I don't care. Get out of here then. More. This is more of a follow-up here. It's any any specific choice that you remember that you found um, kind of challenging or like emotionally impactful that you were like you like you made a decision and you were upset like you just didn't like you didn't like your decision you just had to make a hard choice. No, I don't. I don't think so because that one that game did not involve. The, the same way, you know, one and three had like, you're going to kill characters if you make this decision. So I never felt like that. The, the decisions in that game were not as like binding. I'm, I'm very curious if I would have played one and like, no, you're picking one of these two people who have been on your crew for this game dies and one doesn't. And you got to pick one of them. That would have probably stuck with me a little bit more. Rather than saying like motion comic here, you got to pick her or him. Take your pick, and I'm like, ah, eeny me, miny mo. Okay, he dies. See ya. Um, so no, not really, because it, like it was just it's fun to make the decisions. You could see the repercussions for it. You could see how it makes the impact throughout the game. But it wasn't like there's was anything that really stuck with uh, stuck with me in the same way. Did you play the uh, the legendary edition when that came out, or did you just play kind of the original one, and that's kind of been the end of it for you? The original one. I want to go back, but again, like just there's too many other things in the backlog or too many. There's too many new games. I, I will end up going back to it someday only because it is it's perfect. And I just remember the first time I turned it on because, again, this was like 
even the PlayStation 3, Fallout 3 was like my main game on the PlayStation 3 for a long time. So when I booted this thing up and like, you know, you know what Bethesda games look like. They they always look like they're a generation back because they're building for size. They're building for quantity, not quality. And I open this thing up and it's like perfectly rendered. Martin Sheen's over here playing this weird, you know, X-Files cigarette smoking man type of guy just in the corner. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, wait, what is Martin Sheen doing? voicing a video game character that like, all right, I guess there's a, there's a gravitas we're giving to this dragon Martin Sheen out into this game. I, yeah. Anyway, I, you know, I answer your question somewhere in there, but <laughs> I don't know. All right. So we move on to your final honorable mention one admittedly in my extensive backlog, Marvel's Spider-Man. So how did know. your favorite PS4 game only just make the cut? Well, it's just, it's not, it's not Chrono Trigger and it's not Mass Effect 2. Sorry, sorry, Spidey. That's all. That's all. That's where, that's how you end up here. You end up in third, but you're not, you're not uh, linked to the past. So be happy. So recently you abused your men powers, your words, not mine, um, and made a quest out of adding Guardians of the Galaxy to your epic library. You know, I know you're a big fan of that. You're a big fan of the Arkham trilogy. What is it about Spider-Man, though, that makes it better than all the other superhero games? Is it because Spider-Man's your favorite superhero, or is it something about the gameplay or story that stood out to you? So it's because Arkham is because the Arkham series walked so that the Spider-Man could run. No, also Arkham, Spider-Man. Also, Spider-Man Two on the PlayStation Two crawled so that Arkham series could walk. Oh, yeah. Ar- that, Arkham Arkham ran so Spider-Man could fly into space. Arkham Arkham did not just walk. So here's here's the explanation I'll give to that. I remember playing Arkham Asylum, and the first thing about Arkham Asylum is, oh my god, they dragged Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill into this game. And as a kid who grew up with like Batman the Animated Series was on when he got home, it was on Fox, and just like it, also for anybody who doesn't know, that show holds up still. <laughs> for so anybody who, it's still so like good. I I picked it up on digital and like the kids watched it and like that show still holds up to this day. So hearing like, what what would it have been like a decade basically since, or, you know, for me, it had been a decade, I guess, but I, I guess Kevin Conroy was still doing stuff in, in animated shows. But for me, the fact that they did that, I'm like, Oh, there, there's something else going on here. But I, I, I know the exact moment things crystallized for me in that game is when you know you're hanging around gargoyles, you're stringing up bad guys. And I remember I swung over to another gargoyle. There's a, a bad guy hanging upside down. One of the other henchmen comes over, like, "Oh, look, Tommy's hanging up here," and I accidentally hit the batarang button, and the batarang flies over and cuts down the guy who's hanging there, dropping onto the other henchmen who are down there, and they all start freaking out. I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm Batman!" Like, like you get this, like. Oh no, they, they didn't just say you're going to do stuff. Like they did things. It's like, no, you're going to cause fear with these people. And like, you are Batman. So I say all this to say, like they did the same thing for Spider-Man. Uh, there was a whole thing where basically like the, the, was it THQ who had the rights for Spider-Man? It was THQ or somebody had the rights for Spider-Man before. And after amazing Spider-Man two came out, like they just kind of, they kind of shoved that game out there. They had like the web of shadows or whatever. They had a couple of like, you know, decent efforts out there, but never, never quite got it. They never, never quite got it. And then insomniac comes in and like, Hey, we're signing the rights over to insomniac. 
here you go. It's already, you know, the movies are already in the spider, the, the Sony house. Let's, let's give the game over to the Sony house also. So anyway, so I have the same thing happen with this one where, especially like the first stealth level. I mean, like just, just playing through the first, like opening fight, you open the fight, you're, or you open the game up, you're in Peter Parker's apartment surrounded by like overdue bills and everything else. Then like chaos is breaking out outside. You're getting a call. They're going to take down Kingpin. Again, a great, just a perfectly executed tutorial level of yeah. Ray shaking, Ray shaking his head. You know, he's, he's been doing it on PC now. Like it's a Even perfectly more- executed tutorial level. Like you, you fight a couple henchmen who've got no guns, but by the time you're done this, they've got machine guns. You're not, you know, you're you're getting enemies right off the bat, and even, you know, Kingpin is the first boss you face off against. Like, just becomes a normal villain through the rest of the game of these like bruiser henchmen. So, but I I remember same thing though. Like the first stealth level I play, where like you just kind of hang off the ceiling, you grab somebody and web them to the ceiling, and they can't do anything, and you're just dropping them one by one. Uh, like, oh no, you're like, I'm, I'm Spider-Man. You get this, like, you just, you just be like, oh, I'm Spider-Man. And like the, the web mechanics they had for while you're swinging through the city, my goodness, they, they perfected it. Like, I remember the Spider-Man game came out after the first Tobey Maguire game and like, okay, that was a really well executed Spider-Man game It had shadows and all sorts of stuff to work with. And the Spider-Man two Tobey Maguire game was really good too, but man, they, like my my daughter would just love to play that game and just swing around the city. <laughs> just she wouldn't do anything else. She she'd be like four years old, five years old, or whatever. Um, and she's like, I just want to swing around the city. Have at it, honey. Go go for it. And she would just swing around the city for like twenty minutes and just enjoy doing that. And you're like, oh, you. But anyway, just tell us to say like, Arkham, you're Batman. Spider Man, you're Spider Man. And it's really cool in that regard. Like the. The Guardians of the Galaxy one, that that's a different thing altogether. Like that was again, as I said before, too, like Marvel's Avengers screwed up. And then they had uh they had Guardians come out after that, and everybody's like, Oh, Avengers stunk. We're not gonna bother with Guardians. Like, no, Guardians is a different game. It is a narrative story. Choices are peppered throughout it, Ray. Don't worry. They're they're in there. But like they put a lot of care into the story, into the characters. The voice acting was great in it. And again, that's where I got to shout out the Spider-Man game too. Like, much like there was breaking out Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, you know, the, Yuri Lowenthal. It's kind of fun for him. He's doing the reverse Kevin Conroy that he has been doing. He did the Marvel's Midnight Sun Spider-Man, even though that's not Insomniacs. They they had him come in and do it for the. I think that character's only on the PlayStation version, but they had him come do it. There's something else he did too. And even with Spider-Verse 2, like he's got a cameo in uh across the Spider-Verse. Or yeah, whatever it was, the second Spider-Verse movie. He's in there. Insomniac Spider-Man's a cameo. He he went to the red carpet premiere for the for the movie. Like this he's kind of backdoored himself into being like he is a definitive Spider-Man. His his efforts in this are are fantastic. The the actors, the you know, the Doc Ock. Uh, in Spider-Man, when you're hearing kind of everything degrading for him is fantastic. Like every one of these voice actors they use in those games is is giving their all for it. So I actually watched through uh, the gameplay this past week in preparation for this. Spoiled the game for myself, but you know, okay, okay, <laughs> um, worth it. But 
I was surprised to to discover that not only did you play a little bit as as Mary Jane, but also as Miles Morales. It's almost like they were planning ahead for the Miles Morales spinoff. Um, oh yeah. What were your they, thoughts on on playing as those characters? Uh, they they improved greatly for Spider Man Two. First of all, the playing back through those again, I I played through them again a little while ago, just while uh trying to get some of the target shots. I, I just did the new game plus for it. And it's not as painful as I remember. There's one of the Mary Jane levels. That I'm like, this is just, this is pain and suffering to, to go through here. Um, but it was, it was cool. Cause like, I, again, it was not my era of comics for miles Morales or anything, but like, I'm like, okay, good. They're, they're setting this up. They're not just going to shove and say, look, you got a new Spider-Man in here. Like I was curious what they were going to do. Um, but they, you know, they, they kind of earned giving you giving the character importance and they kind of earn putting him in there. So it's, it's kind of fun in that regard. The Mary Jane levels, good, mix it up. Let's, let's do some, some stealth uh, piece to it. Again, they greatly improved her levels for two. And I know there's people who have other issues with that and I'll happily have a discussion with you people if I need to, but, uh, <laughs> but that's a story for another day. So there were several just epic boss fights against some of Spidey's most iconic villains. Uh, which stood out to you the most? The Doc Ock fight at the end. Um, no, I, I mean, they all did. They were all kind of fun. Shocker, the shocker fight in the bank was really cool because you're you're using the environment to take him down. Um, I liked how they had the Sinister Six fights where you're kind of using them against each other for it. Um, it but Vulture and Electra, like, okay, that's fine. And, and same thing, like, Scorpion, the only thing Scorpion, they kind of did the same thing they did with Scarecrow and Batman. So I'm like, okay, sure, fine. And when you do the fight with Rhino and Scorpion, like, okay, yeah, we, we, we kind of get it. The the Mr. Negative, a villain I had no familiarity with, they did a really good job with how that that fight played out. And those fights kind of in the mind played out. Uh, but the Doc Ock, only because you have, like, the boss fight itself, it, it's it's got its challenges and you got to like reload your gear and, uh, but you know, a, a very achievable fight, but it's kind of the stuff that's happening during the fight. It's the stuff that's being said. It's knowing, you know, where Aunt May is at and you hear the desperate, again, the acting so good because you hear the desperation in, in both Spider-Man's and Doc Ock's voices about what's happening, uh, to both of them. And, and you hear the desperation for both of them and, and, Anyway, I just have to say, like, the Doc Ock fight sticks out the most for me for that reason. Yeah, watching that, it really felt like they captured what was so well done with Doc Ock and Spider-Man 2. Yeah. The movie. Well, I also love, like, I don't know how much of it you all watched. at the be- Like, even at the beginning of the game, they make it seem like, oh, he's going to become Doc Ock at the beginning of the game. Like it starts off with like him kind of almost getting fried in the arms and and everything, and Peter comes in and shuts it down. Like no, oh, no, no, and like it was nice. It was a really I enjoyed the fake out of it. Um, but to your point, like that, that's all of Spider. Something about you know all of Spider Man's villains, not as Stan Lee imagined them, but as like all of the people who have come along after Stan Lee said. We're going to make a guy who has octopus arms and we're going to call him Doc Ock. And like, that was a lot of Stanley's contributions with all due respect, but like it sees other people who have come along in the, you know, 50, 60 years since then. And like given, given gravitas, given weight to characters, given them motivations that like 
really put it out there and whoever made the decisions they did to give Doc Ock the story they did, like they understood that the best Spider-Man villains are, are built that way with something sympathetic about them. Something where you're like, oh, okay, I kind of, I kind of get what's going on here. And you kind of give Peter a reason not to just like, okay, I'm just going to go punch the snot out of this guy, you know? All right. So getting into spoiler territory here, which has basically been the theme of the night. Cover your ears, Ray. <laughs> what were your thoughts on that emotional ending? So this, this one nearly made, this was like three a with my, my original piece of this. My wife did not watch this game. My kids ended up watching this game while, they, while I was playing it through the course of it. Like my son be like, Hey, can you, he, he did the thing his mom did and like, Hey, can you wait for me for this game? So I had to create a second save file at that point. So I could keep playing the game while also having the, the game that he would be watching <laughs> through the course of it. But anyway, I only bring this up in tying with my, my wife's version of this because you know, my wife never handles old people well in any kind of medium or media, or if you're talking about an old person, especially like a sickly old person, she just doesn't handle that well. And she comes in and like the kids are in here. And, and again, Ray, you can earmuff this. I don't remember if we talked about this before or not, but like it's, it's, it, it's, it is what know, it is. It's, it's been six years. years. It's been, yeah, it's been almost six years now. Um, so my, my wife comes in as, and again, like just so well acted by, I get nothing wrong with like Aunt May's performance in this, but like Yuri Lowenthal is just like breaking down as you're coming in. You've got the cure. My wife's there and she's watching. She kind of like stops and sees what's going on here. It's like this, this really dramatic acting's happening in this game. And, um, you know, and, and he's, you, you hear him like, he's really thinking about like, I'm just going to give the cure to her and we'll figure out the rest later. And, you know, she stops him and my wife's like, oh, my God, they're going to kill Aunt May. <laughs> I'm like, there was probably a 50-50 shot for me of, like, she's not going to make it out of this game, which was also not to say, like, you know, killing her for the sake of killing her is is cool. But I think the the reasons they did it, the way they did it, the, the hey, listen, it sucks to be Spider-Man, but in, in this way, but you're saving everybody else and. The, you know, the greater responsibility piece of things without having to to shove like a, a saying out there or like something they beat to death in movies or again, pulling Martin Sheen into it in a movie and trying to make him not say the thing. But anyway, um, but like doing that, it was just such a, a great emotional performance. My wife is bawling. She's like, oh my, <laughs> she is bawling watching this thing <laughs> as it's happening there too. I'm like, oh man, this is, Cause again, it's just it, it's really well. Like if you took that same scene, you put it in a movie, like like this this would be a great performance. Again, you take the anyway, yeah. If you were to do the same thing in a movie, people would be paying attention. Like how well how well acted it was. It almost too like Peter's decision here, the choice he made is like the antithesis to the decision Joel made in The Last of Us. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Except that cure wouldn't have worked. This cure did. <laughs> Sorry again. I'm just, that's not that's not how fungal infections work. That wouldn't have done anything. <sighs> oh, but we again, needed a, not, well, not a doctor. At some not point. a doctor. Not a lawyer. I know. I'm just I'm just waiting for the comic book guy to make appearance here. Well, actually, a- actually, um, uh, yeah, no, I'll happily, yeah. So, which is your fi- your favorite Spider-Man? Is it Yuri, Tom McGuire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland, or, or someone else? Yuri. No, I, I want to make sure we're clear. There's no editing out of dead air here. There's no, 
There, there's that was, no that was immediate answer. Yeah. No, no hesitation. Immediate answer. Um, if you would like, I could give you my breakdown of like Toby Maguire handled the the handled the Peter Parker stuff well. Uh, Andrew Garfield handled the Spider Man stuff well. Um, Andrew Garfield got done dirty by some some rough scripting. Tom Holland was a pretty good like just kid. Got the snarky. Got the got that piece right. Andrew Garfield kind of got redeemed in in the last one there, but. Now the, the Yuri Lowenthal, like for anybody who's not paying attention, like I feel bad for anybody who's like, oh, it's a video game and doesn't like. If you were to just play, you watch this as basically a movie as, for all intents and purposes. And for anybody who would who would watch this performance, and again, like he's he's implanting himself as like, no, no, he's again, he's like a middle aged dude. He's playing a twenty six ish year old Spider Man. He's not playing you know kid Spider Man or anything. But for anybody who's paying attention, like he's giving great performances doing this and again he, he still does it through too and even like the little bit of miles morales he's in um but that's that's not like the same weight and heft of that performance which also the guy who plays miles morales is also like old <laughs> i remember i don't remember what made me look it up on imdb one to be like oh my god that is not what i expected for i did not expect this old guy doing miles morales's voice but again by the time you get to miles's game and, and to spider-man too like he's he's giving killer performances too all right, so last question. We've talked a lot about Marvel, we've talked a lot about DC, but which is your best? What's your favorite? Marvel, DC? Marvel. Anger the fanboys. No, I, I mean listen, Marvel Marvel's usually just better execute like it, it's it's fine. If we're right, if we're gonna do this fine. So it goes back to to DC started as like a story of like unlimited power of gods and you know, kind of these morality tales, just like do the right thing. And like, they didn't have burdens. It was the four thirties, forties. They didn't have the same thing. Um, Stanley came along and said like, Hey, let's, let's give them some characterizations people can relate to. And their, their relatability has been far more effective. That's why Batman's usually the most popular and best executed of the DC. Cause like, okay, at least that guy's human. Um, but Marvel's ability to, to create relatable characters has always been at their advantage. Um. Yeah, I'm done. This Sorry, is, this is this isn't the night to argue. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, I don't do a lot of arguments. I'll save, I'll save it for another time. I'm decisive. Right. <laughs> let's look. Let's look to the future. A game you're looking forward to, Dan. Mario versus Donkey Kong. Have you played the demo? It just came out. No, it's the demo did one. just come out. I I did not play it yet. This is also kind of like my default answer. The Princess Peach. Showtime also has kind of my attention too, but like we're coming off a year. I have not even fully digested, finished or recovered yet. I still have to do Baldur's Gate three. Is there anything else we're really looking forward to this year? Uh, um, Hollow Knight Silk Song, right? That's coming out this year. So, and Metroid Prime four, right? Ray said, uh, you know, listen, one of those two things was your delivery on Hollow Knight was kind of funny. Your Metroid Prime four joke was just mean. <laughs> I'll yeah, I'll I'll say of uh, I'll say Hades too as well. I'll just yeah. I well, the, the more and more that gets delayed, the more I'm I'm getting not excited for it. And it's, it's no, you should me. you should be there's no re- super giant has you, you should have faith. I both I Hollow Knight and Hades like they're not doing it because something's wrong. Like Metro Prime Four got scrapped. Like they 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 went to rebuild that from the ground up. Hollow Knight's not doing, they're not going to release Hollow Knight until it's right. They're not going to release Hades 2 until it's right. 
and not because they have to throw it in the dumpster, but just because that. So I, I sell that to say, no, I have not played the demo. I, sh- I, I'll, I'll get to it. Um, I am kind of excited because like, I'm almost at this point where like outside of the strikers jokes, because again, that's, that's Camelot involved. That's not directly Nintendo. So I'm, I'm going to take it out of here. Like Nintendo's telling me what I want. <laughs> they're not waiting here. They're not saying here like, Hey, we think you might like this. No, no. You want this Mario versus Donkey Kong. I'm like, Okay. I want Mario versus Donkey Kong. If that's what you're going to tell me I want, I guess I want it guys. Let me, let me do this. And, and like, I don't know. It looks interesting. You know, I, 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 I watched the demo and immediately I was like, I want to play this handheld. Oh, like that was the, that's the feeling I got. I want it. Like, it has a two player mode. It's gonna be a nice little thing. A little puzzle game. It, it felt kind of like Donkey Kong the original. There was something to it. You know, Donkey Kong's hiding away every time, and Mario's doing his little puzzle to get to get to Donkey Kong. But it, it felt like I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on my couch and play this handheld. That's I, that was the that was the feeling I got. I don't know when last time I played my Switch not handheld was. Like <laughs> seriously, I think all I play is handheld now. And even like my daughter, she she got some, not power eight, she got some fancy light up controller for her Switch. But even she just still plays it like she plays the Switch just on a table or on something and use the controller just because she wants to use the controller she bought. So even even she's like, that's just playing handheld. That's just that's just what it's gonna be. Yep. Especially the um, you know, between the old the OLED and the potential Switch too. The the, the that OLED upgrade that. The screen makes such a difference. It you wouldn't that, think that, it that, does, that, but it does. I it really did. I could. It's just that it's a little bigger, a little brighter, and I was like, oh yeah, I it's can. Crisp. I can look at it's this. crisp. Yeah. All right, so we move on to a question from Dan C three history. He doesn't know uh, what's coming, but how do you pronounce it? S N E S or the wrong way? See, this was just now. You're this is just mean spirited. <laughs> This, I, I, was really, you know, I was just doing it as a joke. I know, I know, really that. There's four <laughs> questions written. There's four questions written down, and that's not one of them. I, that's, I that's love. Sorry, I, just, I love it. No, that wait, one. that makes it so much better. I know you weren't really being mean spirited. I'm just kidding. But the fact that you didn't write it down just for that 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 makes that joke a hundred times better. Knowing that's the case, I I, I give it a standing round of applause. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll do a real one here. All right, so we move on to a question uh, from Dan C3 History. Now, he doesn't know ahead of time um, what it is. We pick it out. And I had a few written down, but I think we're going to go with this one. Dan, what's your favorite Star Wars game, and why is it not KOTOR? Uh, Because when I'm coming for a Star Wars game, so a couple things. So I'll I'll answer your, your second part first. Why is it not Knights of the Old Republic? I like Knights of the Old Republic. I played that on my brother, my uh, my senior year of college with my brother's freshman year of college. I insisted that he come move into the apartment my buddy and I had because uh, I didn't want him paying uh, dorm fees. Like, just come move into the apartment. We got you. We got you covered. Come on. We'll we'll take care of you. Um, he had the Xbox. I had the PlayStation 2. So I did play the, the Xbox stuff on there. And that's where, like, the morality stuff really. That was, like, Xbox's lane for besides halo was like, Oh, we've got the, we got the morality uh, fable games here. What's that? The fable. Fable. Yeah, fable. I love playing fable on there. Um, nice show Republic was, I, I liked it. It was good. It was well executed. It just, um, there, you know, 
it, it's like Reese's peanut butter cups. Like you got chocolate, in my peanut butter, you got peanut butter, in my chocolate. Um, you got your, your role-playing game, my star Wars, you got your star Wars in my role-playing game. Like it was always well executed. I liked it. It was a great story. Uh, it's just not, you know, peak of it. I, the one that's sticking out for me right now, though, um, as I, there's two things I think about one, my, my first response is shadows of the empire. You know, we just put out the N64 lists and, uh, Shadows of the Empire sticks out for me because that was like this first instance of you're playing the Hoth level and you're escaping Hoth at the same time Empire Strikes Back is happening. I hadn't read like the Shadow of the Empire books or anything. I'm not an expanded universe guy or anything like that. Um, but just like getting into that, like, oh, you're you're in this world, you're there. Um yeah, that 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 game just stuck out to me. It was really well executed. It was good battles. Looking back on it, it's uh, you know the, the 3D graphics don't hold up the same way in my as they do in my head as they always do. But I do love that N64 game, Ray. Just so we're clear, and that was that was like number six on my list too for the N64 Ray. So again, love the N64 Ray. Back off. Um, but I, the other thing I, I got to call out these you know these new ones. I, I've I've got to finish. Um. Uh, what's it called? Jedi um, Survivor. No, I got. I even. I got to finish the first one still. Uh, oh, Fallen, Fallen Order. Order. I got to finish Fallen Order first. But like, even just the opening of Fallen Order sticks in my head. Um, it got. It got a little too just kind of like stuffs happening for me. And again, like the collectathon. There's a lot of like slow parts to it. But the opening of that game is just something that's going to stick. Like. The opening of that game is probably my favorite Star Wars, my favorite Star Wars game where you're you're in this shipyard. You're seeing all this stuff happening. The Star Destroyers are out there like getting cut up and um, all this stuff's happening for this like in between, you know, the, the post uh, post prequels, pre uh, pre uh, New Hope activities happening there. The music's there. You're in this world. It's beautifully rendered. So aside from Shadows of the Empire and which had really cool battles too, like Shadows of the Empire, they had the cool space battles, they had the cool uh, you know, levels you just played through. But the opening of uh of Fallen Order is my other favorite Star Wars game. I admit Fallen Order is also my extensive backlog, and you talking about it just makes me want to play it even more. Yeah, it's just it, it just I gotta I gotta power through at some point. because uh, the, the parts are like the train stuff like it, yeah, so you go from like this opening and you get, you know, a bunch of the inquisitors that are in there and then you go to this train battle which is like it's tutorial again, perfectly executed tutorial level and it's beautifully rendered and so cool. And and then like it just kind of slows down from there and I wish it was more of just the action. So Dan, what's your favorite feature on Channel 3? I you know what, this is the one I it, it didn't hit me until today. Again, the quest thing, I'm like, whatever, I bring it on. I, I got whatever you, you're going to bring at me here. This is the one today where I'm like, oh, God, I forgot to answer this one. Um, but I, I, I know what my answer is going to be. You know, I, I thought about talking about, like, the, the culture pieces. And, and, again, like I've talked about that the toxicity is not going not gonna to be kept out forever. Um, but the thing I'll talk about is I, I'm going to counter Joel from what he did to us. And I'm going to say Joel. Uh, throughout all this, because how many times? How many times have we? What are you laughing at? Right, Ray's, Ray's over here doubling. He's falling. Back. 
Because you know I typed the answers to these times, so I just typed Joel. So you're talking about somebody who has spent, at this point, the last two years of his life building up this thing just for, yeah, again, like trying to build something bigger here. But just truly, I, I can tell you just from conversations I had with him even back in the dad gaming days, something he believed in back then and I, yeah, I think he always kind of knew he wanted to to get to the point of, of just creating this ecosystem and culture and opening this entire thing up. And and Ray, you and I get to see more of what happens behind the scenes than anybody else does. <laughs> like there's there's sub sub chats and sub chats of inside of sub chats about you know stuff that happens with the site. But it's purely like Ray and I, we, we help and we support and we're trying to like, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to maintain the car. But like he's suddenly like, you know, why should we have a car when I could put a helicopter blade on top of this thing and we can we can fly it? And we're like, huh, never thought about a helicopter blade. Great, great idea. And sure enough, by like by dinner time, the helicopter blades there and it is already taken off. So like there's this stuff where he's he, he gets these ideas about a feature or an activity or something along those lines. And again, he's, as he said, he's, you know, he's not a web designer. He's not by trade, a, you know, creating, he has not created websites by trade. He's got, you know, some experience and training and whatnot with it, but like, this isn't what he does, Uh, but here it is. It's been, it's been effectively, you know, almost two years of this thing now built by scratch for him, built as a, a passion more, I mean, more than a passion project for him. But again, everybody's got to understand like, this is all he's been doing for this time. This is not, you know, Ray and I have our day jobs, night jobs. You know, we've, we've got our own activities over here. And this is like, you know, this is hustle number three for all intents and purposes of, of trying to help maintain this stuff. But for anybody who doesn't get exactly how much he's doing behind the scenes, like we try and lay down some grenades and try and take cover for cover for some things for him. Like we could take care of this or he doesn't have to worry about that. The stuff he's doing behind the scenes and the speed with which he's doing it. Uh, the, the amount of time he'll take for most of the things where he goes from idea to execution is, is astounding. And I, I do sincerely hope everybody appreciates like he's, he's joked about, uh, you know, his family's support through all this. And um, you know, basically the fact that they, they've kind of given him the leeway to be able to take the time and, Again, I'm, I, I can't imagine what the financial impact is for him, but like he's putting this together from from scratch with, you know, there's not, there's no big brother behind this thing. There's no, you, you go out there and you look in and Ray, how many, how many various gaming sites and activities you and I have participated in a gaming, you know, we, we participated in another gaming service at one point, kind of like a, a side activity. We were doing various uh, entities for that. Like how many of these things have died and gone in the last two years? Yeah, they oh, get yeah. these. They, you know, they get these massive influxes of cash with conditions and caveats to them, and and they're dead and gone now. And yeah, this right. thing's been held together by pure, pure muscle driven by him, and the creativity driven by him. And yeah, you know, the community helps, and people put ideas out there. But you know, ninety percent of the time, those ideas are already on on uh, Joel's corkboard, and he'll probably just prioritize what he was already framing out and say like, okay, yeah, here it is, or you know. How many times have we gone through? I don't have a whole lot for this season coming up here. And, you know, this season, I think we had a lot for day one of the season, but I feel like the last three seasons before that, he's like, I don't have a whole lot. You know, we got like three or four features for day one. And the next thing you know, like a mobile, (laughs) there's a mobile app. There's an app store drop. There's a, 
you know, whatever else monstrous changes happen. And, and again, nothing always astounded what a new season brings. Yeah. Yeah. Not that nothing he's sucking up to, but he does need to, he does need to be appreciated for the, the, the cultural base he has created and the sheer amount of willpower he has put into this thing. And, 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 it, and it's a point to be made about the whole, you know, cause obviously we, we go out of our way to go look for any, any, any sites or any companies coming up that, that would seem similar to what we're doing. That's like part of what we do. And every time we find one, it's it's backed by it's some VC backed thing each time, and then you do a search, and it's like, hey, remember? Oh, by the way, they they had to rename their their business because they they were sued three times under their previous name, and now they're under this name. I mean, it's every every single time one pops up, and they're like, oh, I just heard yeah. about this one. I was like, oh, so somebody just pumped a bunch of money into something new again? Yeah, right. Because it, I it, think I- every time. I think Ray picked up on like the the first few times early on, we'd be looking at them and like, I would just send a dossier basically of like, Oh, I found out everybody who's involved with this and here's the dumpster fire that is either happening or will happen in short order because of it. I think Ray's Ray's cut out the middleman of waiting for me to say like, here's the dossier of what's occurring here. And like it's independent and like that, that's a financial toll for all of this, but like, you know, you're not dealing with, the headache and watch Silicon Valley as much as you want to see it, like a joking dramatization of it. But like, that's, that's all that comes to mind for me when I see some of this stuff happening is the, the ludicrousness of mm-hmm. that. Well, with that, we have made it to the end. Of oh, thank God. What are you three podcasts? So, here I am not wanting to do this. And I end up making the longest episode in history. Jesus. Thanks Dan for being here as our guest and a, you know, a special thanks as well to Dar Smeagol who jumped into something that is not his natural forte either being the co-host. And he went out of his way, put a whole bunch of effort and a whole bunch of preparation into this episode. So appreciate the both of you for all the work you did. You can find the podcast at c3.gg slash podcast, dropping every Wednesday morning at 3.33 a.m. Eastern on all the major platforms, including Spotify, YouTube Music, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Ray. You know what? Dan still puts this all together. And for the executive producer, Joel Willis. Have a good day, everybody. We did it. We made it. I need to go to bed. We made it. I'm so sorry that was so long. I yapped way too long. Jesus. I figure I can uh, start with my normal opening, and you guys can cut me off when I say, what are your three? And you just shut me up and say, no, 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 no. And you can cut me off. And- oh, I was going to do a whole opening. I was, I, I'm going to start it. You can just cut me off and do your opening from there. I was thinking we got to do something, something a little different for the opening. Yep. Uh, well, uh, I got nothing. I'm ready when you guys are. Then I don't have to nah, do I'm good. or nothing. I'm, uh, I'm good to go. Ready, Smeagol? Uh, yeah, I think so. All right, I'll give a little break. I have the recording button is hit. I should have not recorded this. That would have been great if this was the one I chose not to record. <laughs> Welcome crew to what are your three, a channel three podcast where we take a member of the channel three community, discuss three games of their choosing. Oh, wait, you got to cut me off in the middle of this. Try that again. You just got to, you you can shut me up. All right, ready? I don't want you to say the whole thing. Okay, go ahead. No, no, you can cut me off in the middle of it for all I care. Ready? Channel three is the future.